You're listening to Welcome to Marvel Makeup. I'm Quincy. And I'm Kay. And this is a podcast where I teach Quincy a little bit about Marvel. And I teach Kay a little bit about makeup. Watch out, there are major MCU spoilers ahead. Lots of them ahead. And today we are jumping into Spider-Man Far From Home, the second Spider-Man movie in the MCU. Um, It was released on July 2nd, 2019, directed by John Watts and written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, who all worked on the previous Spider-Man Homecoming movie uh, and on the in our current timeline, now currently release Spider-Man No Way From Home, the third MCU movie, which just got released this weekend. Which I'm, I'm av- so excited to see. I'm avoiding the internet because uh, I do not want to see spoilers because I intend there's probably a lot happening. Um, and also, fun fact, uh, John Watts is slated to direct the MCU Fantastic Four movie, which is going to be part of Phase 4. They're remaking um, it? Well, yeah, I mean, it will it'll be the actual similarly to like Spider-Man. There's been non MCU versions of Fantastic Four. This will be the MCU version of Fantastic will Four. Will Chris Evans play the flame? I doubt it because he did the other one. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's uh, it I mean, be- listen, they had J.K. Simmons come back. I freaking Dude. flipped when okay, I saw him. Yeah. I was like, what? From well, the yeah. Toby Mag- Squire days, like yeah, fuck, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll so get into that. I mean, and that's, I mean, a little bit of a, so you know, kind of like the gist of the current Spider-Man movie that is about to come out. No, I have out? nothing. I just know okay. I know one tiny spoiler because I it was like an internet trap where I was like, oh, William Dafoe, I love him, and then it was like a trap. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of related to that, um, but okay. we will we will touch on that. Cool. Once we get to that part of it. Um, but just to tell you a little bit about what was happening in 2019 um, when this movie first came out, uh, the script's national spelling bee ended in a historic eight way tie uh, that year. Um, the remaining contestants, all of whom were under 15, made it through 20 rounds and the judges literally ran out of words. <laughs> I thought that was a funny. I didn't know there was that many words in the English dictionary to stump judges. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just like, we're done. We have nothing more to give. Um, And you know that there was an Asian child on that. Was there an Asian winner? Because, you know, there's probably multiple. multiple, (laughs) Yeah. From the dais, from the diaspora of Asian children (laughs) that were on that. uh, You know, someone got in trouble for being a part of an eight eight way tie win. Yeah. Uh, there's like you have to be number one, but there were 20 of us. Eight we're, of all, us. we're all number one. Um, eight of us, yeah. Um, as something else that happened that year, Latinx made was made part of the Merriam Webster Dictionary. Merriam Webster Dictionary. Um, Ellie Stroker won the Tony Award. Um, she was the first actress uh, in a wheelchair to win that award. Um, Lady Gaga won an Oscar for uh, writing. Uh, the shallow for stars born and actually uh, one thing that is more personal to me um, the uh, crossover event crisis of infant on infinite earths 
for the DC CW superhero shows happened that year, which I thought was related, be interesting related to this movie because they do mention the multiverse and it is that uh, that's kind of what that whole crossover event was related to. Um, so yeah, just a few things that happened in 2019. It's really cool. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into the movie. Um, hot take Quincy. What was your takeaway from far from home? I learned Tom Holland is British. <laughs> yes. You texted me that in caps. Tom Holland is British? Question marks? Exclamation marks? My brain exploded. Wait. I so was we, like, what? We didn't mention this the first during the first movie that he was British? I don't think so. Because okay. I had no idea. And my little brain exploded this morning because you have this special Blu-ray version. So, you know, they go through. Oh, like right. That. And so, you know, I was like, oh, I always want to see like stunts and special effects because I am curious to know how they how, how they filmed that. And you oh, know, so you watch some of the bonus features, some of it, not okay. all of it, just like yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Few, a few going into it. And then I lost my mind and then called my British friend who also <laughs> loves Tom Holland. And I was like, wait, what? He's one <laughs> lost of yours? my mind. Huh? <laughs> You were like, he's one of yours. Yes, um, because, you know, there's this one scene where he like does a thing and he's like, that was really fun. And I was like. What What, did I hear that right? And I was like, is he Australian? Like, is he doing this because they're shooting in London? And I rewound it, watched it again. And he goes, that was really fun. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, Excuse me. Um, And then looked him up. And somehow missed this on his Wikipedia page. It goes, Tom Holland is a British actor. And I was like, whoa, my brain just went. Wow. Well, that's uh, that. Talk my, about deception. My as name is a theme. You, well, yeah, my brain is exploding because I totally thought we would have covered that the first time. No, uh, I have no idea. Well, and, and the thing is, is not only is he British, but he's like an accomplished like dancer. Stage um, Broadway dancer. Actor. Well, yeah. And I think that's why, because I thought you know, because he's like of Broadway, I was like, oh, and he's so young. I thought he yeah. was from here. Well, he, so he, I, I don't think he's been on Broadway, but he was in the West End, which is like the London version of Broadway. Isn't he, didn't, I guess he did. The, uh, somebody mentioned his name associated with like, like I'm going to fuck B- Billy up. Elliot. Billy Elliot. I called yes. it Jimmy Elliot on the phone. <laughs> I was like, Jimmy Elliot. And I think because of that, I was like, oh, American, American. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 No, it was. The, he was in the West, the West End version End of Billy version. Elliot, okay. Elliot, which okay. is, you know. I thought it was the Broadway version. So I was just like, oh, American. He's young. He grew up here. Like, he's a theater kid. They're in, and he is, but like an American yeah. theater kid. Anyway, so that was my hot take is I did not know. And now I know. Learning okay. stuff. Still, still. All right. All right. So hot take on Tom Holland. How, uh, the, what about the movie? Any hot takes I really enjoyed from the this movie. movie um i thought the movie i was so this movie theme was uh deception is real and it confuses quincy uh because because <laughs> uh, that was the theme of the movie and i was definitely deceived um mm. so the first i feel like the movie was like in two chunks right the first half was the like jake gyllenhaal setup right yeah and i just remember like he defeats them and i'm like Wait, is that the entire movie? Just like this is how they use. I was like, they. I feel like they u- underused Jake Gyllenhaal, and hmm. this was the bad bad guy. And I was like, okay, I guess the movie's over. Like, it, I, I guess it's been an hour, two out movie time. <laughs> after complaining so many times about like this movie, movies are so long. You're like, it's after, it's over, over yeah, after an hour. Yeah. So then I looked, and it's like 
an hour, 17 minutes movie. And like, I have like another hour. I was like, what? Oh. And then after I looked at the time, I was like, oh, I bet you Jake Gyllenhaal's the bad guy. Like, of yeah. course he's the bad guy. Um, yeah. They hit you with the twist. Uh-huh. They hit me with the twist. I was not. Yeah. And I was like, cause I was also confused because I was like, why are they having Jake Gyllenhaal run around with his head covered as like the new good guy? Like that didn't make sense. But like now it was just setting him up to be the bad guy. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the movie. It was nice to see Zendaya and um, her character finally come through. It was great to see Happy come through. Great to see more of Ned. I remember Spider-Man one. I was like, more Ned. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You know, this is a, I I think this is a fun one too. You know um, what's kind of, for me stands out about it is that it's post snap post blip, you know, they post end game and the Avengers, you know, the infinity war. So they've kind of gone through all that and you're actually finally dealing with the consequences Consequences, of, you know, Tony Stark is gone. uh, Who's going to be the new Iron Man. And like for uh, Peter Parker specifically, you know, in the first movie, he was all about like, you know, I want to get out there. I want to, you know, go on missions. I want to be a hero. And then this time he's like the exact opposite of like, I just want to be a kid. I just want to go on my vacation. Sugar, um, yeah. 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 So uh, I thought that was a great way to like, just explore his character being in a completely different place. Um, and yeah. And then the addition of Jake Gyllenhaal, which, you know, I knew him originally from like Donnie Darko, um, back in the day, you know, he really broke out on the scene of like, oh, this really dark movie, you know, with this guy. And he's like, he's kind of sexy and kind of cute, but like also kind of creepy. Um, but I feel like, you know, that's kind of what he tends to bring to his roles of just like kind of sinister, but also like mysterious. A little unhinged. I remember when he came on, I was like, oh, he's playing like a not unhinged person for one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but you do actually learn he is a little off at, at the end with the twist, um, which was which I thought was really interesting because they use the multiverse, which is a legit thing in the MCU now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they use it as like a red herring. He's just like, I'm from a different planet and you know, yeah. multiverse. And they're like, oh, this thing is real. How cool. But then it's all a trick. Um, and the fact that it's all his character is kind of embedded in the like legacy of what Tony has left behind, you know, we're, while we're mourning Tony, we're also realizing all the consequences of his actions and all the people who he wronged. Um, and now this immediately comes back to bite Peter. Was he, yeah. if we were to watch the Iron Man two, where he does the barf illusion demo, mm-hmm. I know that one shot was like, definitely like, you know, they sh- probably shot it later. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. They Do you know if that, that was, shot. Do you know if that was, but like there was one shot where I don't know, it felt like it could have been real. Like there was a, you know, like Tony's walking and there's a person in the sh- shadow. Do you know if that was an insert or like, I would, do you think they would I have gone know. as far as setting that up like 20, 10, 10 years ago? I, I don't know if they would have had the idea of it at that time. I don't mm, think so. Okay. Um, but, you know, I think it's definitely one of those things of like every single time they come back to the stories, it's like, okay, where are we? where are we in the MCU? Where can we pull from and what kind of like loops can we bring back? So Mm -hmm. for me that I thought, especially in a movie where they're mourning Tony, where they're talking about like, who's going to step into his shoes. The fact that uh, the villain ends up being kind of like, you know, a consequence of Tony and still his, you know, 
kind of legacy permeating through the movie, even though he's gone, um, was a cool, interesting twist. Um, yeah. And, you know, allowed for Jake Gyllenhaal to enter the MCU um, mm-hmm. in a kind of a cool way. I thought his bar scene, his reveal was kind of like, meh. <laughs> like evil villain reveal within that bar. It was like in that monologue. Yeah. It looked like they like ran out of budget for that scene or something. It just was very like lackluster. <laughs> And I don't know. It just felt very like empty and barren, but like in a way it was like, mm, like there's so much money everywhere else in this scene. Like this scene feels <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. It just felt like, yeah, just, I, I don't know if it gave uh, his villain intro, like due diligence. Oh, you wanted him to have more of like a something. Reveal. It just felt really very plain and empty, you know? Okay. I mean, for me, it was like, they were kind of trying to play up the illusion factor of like, mm, as soon like as it was like left, everything and... became stripped down. You know, this okay. is like, you know, we've, we've exited the matrix mm-hmm, and this is the mm-hmm, real mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, kind of gives it that visual contrast, like, especially like later when, you know, he pretends to be Fury and like he uses the illusion to like, you know, take take Peter through all those different sequences where he's like, you know, uh, he's in the snow globe. He's in the building. Mm-hmm. He's falling off the building. He's in the cemetery. Um, a good movie to do like shrooms too. just oh that gosh. section. Oh, man, that really would freak me out. Um, I think it'd be kind of fun. Um I, I wanted to ask you, oh, I thought it was, you know, I thought the theme of deception and illusion and appearances can be deceiving was very interesting, Mm -hmm. um, especially with social media, especially with like, you know, you also have that underscored by what's his name, Flash, like being on Instagram all day, live streaming everything. And then the reveal of like Peter Parker at the end, like the identity and the story he spins about like, who's really evil Mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. really was really cool especially with and then it's interesting too because you know when jake's uh mysterio is in the bridge like manning all those drones i was like oh this is also very interesting because this is also how like war is fought nowadays right like there's a lot of drone attacks and so and then it's i don't know just made me think of like the news cycle and like what gets filtered and told here to justify those things abroad and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting because, you know, um, the questions that left us with, you know, Endgame, and this is kind of like what a lot of fans were asking, like after Ga- Endgame, it was like, oh, wow, epic conclusion. Now what? You know, now what's going to happen? And so kind of answering those questions, I think what they're kind of establishing in this movie is like, it's going to be hard it's going to be hard because it's like, there's no Iron Man or Captain America. That's just sweeping in being like, I'm the good guy and I'm the hero now. And I'm here to save. I'm like the known quantity that's going to save you. Now it's going to be like, Um, yeah, I forgot Cap also had his conclusion. So they're really like the top three and Black Widow. So there's just like this huge vacuum. Yeah. So now who's going to step in? How worthy are those people to be the heroes now? How how easy, you know, this is kind of reminiscent of Civil War. How how easy is it going to be for the public to trust them? Um, and, you know, you have Spider-Man who's just a kid and people being like, so you, you're going to be next Iron Man? How about you? And he's just like, uh, like, man, it's a lot of pressure 
yeah. to put on a 16 year old. And what is it? I just started watching. This is kind of part of my share. It is my share. I just started watching Air uh, at the last avatar. Oh, okay. Airbender. Airbender. Uh, and I'm like, Angus 12. And like, they're like, <laughs> you're the chosen one. And I'm like, this is a lot of adults putting a lot of pressure on these like little kids yeah. as like the second coming to say, you know, and I'm like, what do they know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think what this movie did great is that he, they really did focus on that and show how he is still just a kid. Like all mm-hmm. he wants to do is like, you know, tell MJ that he likes her and like give her a necklace. And then like, he has like his teachers on his, on his, but, you know, you know, trying just to do their best, um, which I think was really great standout performances by Martin Starr and JB Smoove, just being like the adults trying to be the adults in the situation and being like, Oh, this crazy Very stuff is happening. Adults. I love them. They were yeah, yeah. really, really funny. And also kind of like, you know, allows you kind of be like, Oh, we're still, we still have that kind of comedic you know, after such epicness of end game, we're just like, we still have that fun, lightheartedness um, mm-hmm. in the MCU. Um, and then, and yeah, and just like the silliness of like the high school romance between like, like Ned and Betty, <laughs> like they start out like, oh, babe, we're, we're together now. Now that we landed and right after they like, break oh, up. We broke yeah, up. it was great. I loved his plan too. And that was the other thing too, that was interesting. Like there were so many plans in the movie that mm-hmm. got foiled right like his plan to what was it his plan to confess to um mj his then there was a plan to like get inside like so it was just interesting like it just kind of never works out the yeah. way it's supposed to in your head but it works out the way it's supposed to right yeah i guess eventually he's like well we got there you know but it wasn't the way that you want to which i think is like when, when you're young, you have, you have a lot of that, uh, you, you have, you do a lot of that, like, I'm going to do this and I do this and it's going exactly this way. And you like dream it all up and you plan mm-hmm. it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you freak out when like, it doesn't go exact, like one little hiccup happens and you're like, wow, what do yeah. I do? <laughs> oh, my question was, what was going on with the, uh, the tall woman in the bathroom? Oh, so she was, technically like a part of shield right so uh-huh. she was there to give peter like an incognito spider-man sh- suit but that got foiled completely yeah. foiled okay well because i mean he, he got the suit but you know the kid walked in on him okay and that was the night monkey suit yeah the night monkey suit. okay yeah okay yeah. i was the, like a little confused because i was like what is happening and and also i was very distracted because i was like oh he's definitely gonna take his shirt off and then he took his pants off and i was like mm, interesting <laughs> i would have taken off my shirt first <laughs> and then they took the photo i was like oh that's why he needed to be embarrassed so that's why he took his pants off first <laughs> yeah yeah and then you know and then they that leads to that whole sequence of like where he has the glasses and he's having to like use them for the first time um <laughs> again a lot of pressure to put on a kid let's give him a whole weapon system and a pair yeah. of glasses <laughs> yeah i also love the just the to, to the end the like tony humor of it all of like even dead i'm still he- i'm the hero yeah <laughs> so good like, yeah so yep. good I mean, yeah. And then you're just like, you know, legacy, the universe continues to expand even after Tony is gone. Um, And yeah, and just, you know, a really cool callback to Tony making his Iron Man suit in the first movie 
when Spider-Man, when Peter Parker gets on the plane with Happy mm-hmm. and he's just like, I need a suit. And he's like, I can help you with that. And then, you know, and it goes to show you can't like, sorry, really quick, just to finish on what you said about uh, his legacy. You know, I know like that was something Tony was really concerned with. And mm-hmm. from the beginning, right, since the first movie, especially after he saw the consequence of like what his business does. Yeah. But it goes to show like you can't, and I think he's trying to make like, rep, like, you know, make up for that. But it also goes to show like you can't control what your legacy is because he right. didn't know, you know, Quentin was snubbed. This is like the second or third guy he snubbed. Right. Well, and then all the other off. people who worked with him were all his former employers. Exactly. Too. Yeah. yeah. Like, so is it like you can't control your legacy or just be nice to everyone you work with? Both. I mean, both kind of like. I think the fact that like kindness goes such a long way is, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a nice, a nice moral to take away from it. Yeah. But I, it is that thing too of like, you know, what's the cost of like being a hero? What's the cost of like trying to make the world a better place? If you do it in such a way where at any point you take someone away from somebody else or you slight someone in a certain way, like that can yeah. always come back to you. But what's yeah. the, but but then like the 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 on the other hand, it's like doing nothing. Is that uh-huh. the bigger evil? If you could help someone and you yeah, did that is still a choice. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's like, yeah, because like even with the glasses giving him to Peter, like you would think because he's such a good kid, he's not going to set a drone strike. But like he's human. Accidents <laughs> yeah, happen. Accidents happen. <laughs> and it's such a it's such a efficient pair of glasses. It's just like right away. You're like, uh-huh. you know, I can barely get things to like, you know, buffer on my phone sometimes. I'm just like, exactly. come on. And then all of a sudden it's just like the glasses just like drone strike. Okay. And you're like, yeah. what? Yeah. 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 This is like what the future of Amazon. This is what Jeff Bezos wants out oh, of his no. drones. Just immediate <laughs> drop-offs. You just think it and it drops off. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's an interesting thing about legacy. Cause I think also maybe like, I'm not there yet, but like, I know some people, I remember in college, there was someone who was like, what's my legacy here? And I was like, you know, like she was like a senior at the time. And I was like, oh boy, wait, do I need anything about legacy? Like what I'm going to be known for after. Right. And it's just like, yeah. you can't control it. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, you can't control it. And also it's like, even when you're alive, like, you know, in terms of like the ending, like people can still manipulate how you're viewed. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we can, all we can do is just do our best. (laughs) That's all we can do. Just try. Just doing our best. Just try. Just try. Just be nice to one and do your best. Do Uh what you think is right at the time. Yeah. uh, And hopefully it works out. Um. yeah. And I, I guess one of the other things I really enjoyed about this movie is like how kind of globetrotting it was. Like made me a little like it made me a little nostalgic or just like a little envious of like, wow, I never had that opportunity to like travel when I was young like that. You know, I went on one kind of study abroad trip to like uh, Stratford upon Avon to study Shakespeare. And then oh, cool. so we went to Stratford and London and then I, we went to like pay, I paid for like my own trip day trip to like Paris, but that was cool. kind of like about it. But like in this movie, they go to Venice, they go to Prague. He ends up in the Netherlands, Berlin, and then eventually London. I was just like, wow, that's a, 
that's a pretty epic trip. It for, is pretty you know, epic. Did you do any traveling when you were young? Like, did you I, ever do a Europe trip? No, I have not been to Europe. I'm probably the least, my, I, all my friends are very well tra- traveled. I'm probably the least traveled among them. Um, as you were talking, Kay, I was like, you know, and now I'm definitely not that I was like against traveling. I just never really had the opportunity. But then mm. now that as you're talking, I was like, oh man, maybe I was a little travel averse, not because I'm opposed to the idea, but just like so much of like my family trips were like so uncomfortable <laughs> and like not fun and led to somebody crying at the end of it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe I was a little red. Like now that I'm going to sit with it, like in my body, I can feel like, oh, there's a lot of discomfort. I like mm. subconsciously associate with travel. Oh, okay. um, and I was like, oh, maybe that's why I also didn't necessarily like seek out opportunities mm. to travel maybe. Um, but yeah, seeing that I'm, and for me, I'm like very interested in like all the food. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like I love eating. So it's like what I wish. Yeah. I don't know. I wish American <laughs> movies spent a little more time showing us some food shots. <laughs> you wanted them to eat more meals. <laughs> yeah. Just a hey, little kids, bit. Go out to a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> you can live vicariously for yeah. you. Wait, question. Did you have any hot takes with this movie? Um, You know, for me, it was just like, it was, it was answering that question of now what I was a little let down that, that the multiverse wasn't really a thing in this movie. Mm. You know, it was kind of a, like, like teased. It, it was like teased. A re- and then it turned out and to then, be a red herring. Yeah. It was a red herring. So I was like, oh, okay, well that, well, I guess we'll get to that at some other point. Um, I will say though, it has become worth it because the multiverse has, you know, like small up. teaser has opened up and the way they did it, I was just like, ho, ho, ho. I love this <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is so cool. Um, this is exactly what I needed. <laughs> um, and you know, cause it is, it is a lot to kind of just like hit you with. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, but you know, phase four is, is a TV shows and they're able to dole really things out. That. You really Do you think that was on delib- that was deliberate? Um, I would have to think so. Um, like they chose to hold that off for yeah, the TV show. So they could kind of like, you know, parse it out and like, you know, give you little pebbles. Mm-mm, and so, because, and so, because putting it in one big movie would have been is a lot, to, a lot. Um, to um, but yeah. to that end, and you did say you did have that little bit of a spoiler about Spider Man. I feel like this next Spider Man movie is now that is number now, three. Yeah. Is okay. I mean, because gonna... I know, I know, I know it's not Marvel, but like the Into the Spider Verse kind of opens that. Right. Also, right. 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 But yeah, version of that. this, this new no way home, this third Spider-Man that just came out. I mean, they've been exploring this, uh, the multiverse in the TV shows, but in terms of like massive introduction of like multiverse, you know, have you, have you even seen any of the trailers for it or no. anything? Okay. Well, wow. Uh, look at how still insulated <laughs> i am still look at wow, how so wow. insulated yeah, i am yeah i mean okay i mean I, you manage it sometimes i don't know somehow your algorithm is it, Blowing it doesn't get to you it. nope nope um <laughs> i just know yeah i just know will I, I really they called him william i think it's willem willem defoe yeah willem defoe just that and then you know, just seeing when I looked up J.K. Simmons to make sure he was in the original, the, yeah. the Toby Maguire, I was like, okay, so he's in it. Yeah. But, you know, I would have never been like multiverse. I just was like, oh, they're, you know, bringing Small- them back. Yeah. Cameo crossovers. Um, well, uh, I guess 
well that it's a thing it's a thing okay and the new one it's a thing well now it's- i'm excited because i was somebody was like let's go watch it uh this past week leading into the Sunday. And I was like, Nope, I'm going to wait. I'm watching number two this week. And then I'm going to go watch it. Okay. And then it's like doing really, the the other thing I don't know about it is like, it's doing really well at the box office Yeah, and people are really enjoying the the movie itself. Yeah. And, and and I think it's because it, for me, again, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but for me, like this movie, when they were teasing, they were like, Ooh, multiverse, multiverse. And then Mm. like, I was about, I was ready to be like, hit me with it. This new one is kind of the, what it, the one. Yeah. yeah, Where they do that. Um, Got it. um, Yeah. So, so that was kind of my take, but overall I did enjoy it. I, I, for me, I enjoyed, um, you know, the, the, the silliness, the, the comedy of it. And just the fact that it was really cute. Like it's a love story when you think about it. Cause he just wants, he just yeah. wants to give Zendaya the, he just wants to give MJ the necklace. You know what? And the other thing too, is this felt more like, okay, maybe this is, I'm saying this cause I'm an mostly an adult now. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this feels very high school. And then when I yeah. think back to like the to- Toby Maguire, MJ with, uh, Kristen Dunst, right? Like yeah. that felt like adults in high school playing high school. Right. Right. For whatever reason. And I'm, it's not an acting thing. It just felt very adult for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember Toby Maguire being super awkward in those movies. Yeah. He was great. And then, but like playing that Peter Parker awkwardness, but both like everyone in like all the young people in this movie, which there are so many more young people than there ever was in the previous Spider-Man's. They all had that. They all had that. Like we're young, we're being kind of cute and we're awkward and we're not, I, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, there's all these shows where they're set in high school and the kids, they tend to act like adults and they tend to be just very like bold and kind of like, you know, uh, very adult. They're just very. It doesn't capture like bold. the innocence of right. Youth, like just right? even at the end where like where like they have their kissing scene, they're just like and they kiss and they're like oh okay that's oh thank well I'll see yeah, you later. Really you know that cute. whole kind of like it awkward really cute. jitteriness. Yeah. And it like, wasn't like a sexy cute. It wasn't like a sexy like upside down kiss. And it was like yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's what that kiss was. That was like yeah, a panty yeah. dropping kiss. You know, <laughs> and this one was just like a genuine honest kiss. Um. Oh, and speaking to that, I also realized, oh, it was like interesting that Spider-Man, who's so young, gets like picked up to be the next like Tony Stark 2.0. But I'm like, I guess that makes sense because even watching him like fly around, you know, on his way to his date with uh, with MJ, I'm like, oh, I get it. It makes sense. Like whether you're an adult or a child, this like he symbolizes like hope because he's like he still has a full life ahead of him as far as like what he can bring and give versus like, I feel like if he had, I don't know if they had it, it had been like Thor or whatever. Right. Cause right. that's what I was wondering was like, why end on Spider-Man? Why end phase three on Spider-Man and not end on end game. Right. Mm, but it's right. still like one, it's brilliant. Cause it sets you up for phase four, but two, I'm like, Oh, he represents like hope and youth and like more to come versus like Thor's already like, an adult like yeah who else is in line? well like, and like thor Bruce has gone through adult. some trauma so yes. it's not like it and you know there's that great scene in the beginning of the they're talking about like you know they're raising money for people who are displaced by the blip so it's like they bring out spider-man to help 
with donations and he'll sign autographs and he'll take pictures. So it's that it's almost that amalgam of like, you know, Captain America in the beginning, he was this, you know, poster boy for World War II, mm-hmm. Captain America, by bonds, propaganda, you know, and then Iron Man was this like out in your face, like I'm a hero, I'm going to do what I want and I'm I'm going to you know, protect the, you know, I'm going to protect my people and, and this earth no matter what, because I, I have this genius. Now he's not only is he kid, but he has to like, again, vacuum. He has to fill in both of those spots. He's like yeah. now a poster boy. People know who he is. People- and then he's starting to like, not yet, but like, it's like people are getting hurt. And like, that's exactly like it echoes Tony and widows yeah. uh black widow's journey and they're like despairing guilt as far as like what they've done right like getting hurt like post blip or there's still villains out there or- no like with you know tony like you know he says it he goes my i keep feeling i feel like i keep hurting my friends uh, right and like yeah. ned even goes like you you know make sure to keep us safe right like that they're already building that the foundation to that you know, brick house, they're gonna, you know, the guilt, the guilt house, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, no, again, the consequences of being a hero, everyone, your love is always in danger, or you have some, you know, uh, the more, the more you save, the more that there is to lose. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, save. so, uh, yeah. so yeah, for, for me, that, for me, that's kind of what I appreciate about this movie. Mm. I was like, okay, this is, this is a taste of what is to come because yeah. now that there is such a vacuum and there was such a hard stop with like Endgame, there we're done with yeah. a lot of these stories. And I think, you know, this movie did a good job post Endgame for yeah. me. I don't know. I don't know if the internet slash Marvel fans are like, no, nah, but I thought it was a good movie to follow up after the epicness of Endgame. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then I, I will say like phase four, that's kind of what a lot of that is. It's just like, okay, all of this stuff happened now what are the consequences of that because that's a lot it is a lot to deal with when you think of it um you know half the population disappearing and then half the population coming back there's going to be consequences to that yeah yeah Um, yeah. there was something one more i wanted to say oh and i loved um are we going to talk about end credits oh yeah yeah um i love that that he got wait was that the end credit i can't remember now it's all mushing um the reveal that he is Spider-Man? Yes. Just because I think what Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 in the Tobey Maguire versions, it's always like my identity is concealed. Like, you know, and then just to have that literally, you know, the hood taken off. Yeah. Just to be like, this is him. Yeah. So, you know, pretty big moment. J. Jonah Jameson for the Daily Bugle, which in this version is an an online version. Uh, Huge in the middle of New York, you know, a reporting saying that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, which is huge because, yeah, it brings this whole twist into it. Um, yeah, and it's updated now, right? Because in the Tobey Maguire, it was all news. It was still kind of in that, like, superhero bubble. We weren't making it in real life. And now it's, like, more like, in this world, this is how it would happen. And yeah. it happened exactly how it would happen with big breaking news. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it being kind of, you know, Vi- you know, a uh, video version and, mm-hmm. and internet, you know, version. Um, and yeah, they bring Joe J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Simmons, into the MCU, who played that same part in the Spider-Man uh, 
uh, Sony Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. So So we're getting that taste of, you know, bringing other versions or bringing characters that have come before that haven't specifically been in the MCU movies. That means the possibly the into the spider-verse version could also yeah. possibly what his name's not malcolm is it no it's it's a uh, miles. miles 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 yeah, miles miles could possibly come into play as well right Since- yeah well they've they've actually that's it was a bit of an easter egg um so donald glover's Glover. character in uh in is the previous spider-man, Spider-Man. no 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 Sp- his his character is connected to miles morales oh, okay okay in in the comic book so his so there is the potential that he's he might already be there my face is broken guys you guys can't see this <laughs> in the podcast but my jaws dropped and is on the floor yeah what? that's amazing and you know and you know again they're allowing to kind of pepper in these little crossovers which uh, nerds like me will so appreciate because i I watched the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. I watched the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. I saw, I saw seen the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. That's the that yeah. another British uh, Spider-Man. Andrew he's Garfield is, British. He's also British. Yes, yes, yes. Oh <laughs> wow. wow, I don't know anything. Um, wow, that's so amazing. Wow, these Brits and their really good American accents. I mean, they yeah. I, I saw an interview with what was it, Zachary Levi. He was like. He talked about how he auditioned for uh, the part in Tangle that he plays. He plays Flynn Rider, the the main guy uh-huh. lead, and he went in uh, saying he went in saying he was British, to, so he get an, the audition because they were only looking at British people. And then when he got it, they were like, "Oh, let's bring the accent. We're actually going to make an American." He's like, "Oh, okay," but he didn't get. He didn't initially didn't even get an audition because they were only looking at British actors. So he said that he was British and that's how he got the Good audition. And then he ended up getting the part. <laughs> Good for him. So he has, he has his own See, but little it goes to rant show, against like, British. Hey, like why limit what's possible? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but you why know, limit accents, color, creed, gender, sexuality. Like why limit that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you it, could miss out. Like that's what I, uh, this is tangential, but uh, speaking to that, like, I was looking at Ted Lasso and a lot of the people, like the way they chose to cast, they weren't doing like big names. I think just because, mm-hmm. you know, Jason Sudeikis, his name is pretty big. They're like a lot of unknowns were not unknowns. You know, they've been working, but like, yeah. you know, relative to like Hollywood and mainstream media, yeah. they hadn't been in anything major. And it was like, wow, Brett Goldstein is one of the writers. And like, I think he's so perfect for yeah. that role. Like, yeah. And we would have missed out on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, but though, you know, British, they were all British, definitely mm-hmm. British. So it's almost like were they given more? Well, that was cast in in England. Right. So they right, use right. a British casting director. So I'm like, eh, like leeway for that. But like, you know, here in America, like I know a lot of limitations. Yeah, there's a lot of people out here working, trying to break through. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and I think what's interesting is when you do find someone who is unknown and they do break through it's it's become such a celebration of that person because it's just like we get to discover you know but the be the ability for people to take that chance on like a new person so we can that so the larger audience can allow to be discovered you know discover yeah and like i mean it's it's like great publicity and i think there's this like thing of like oh you're an unknown so you can't but like 
you're not literally picking an unknown, like off the street, maybe. Right. right? But like they're an unknown because they have not been put on a bigger TV show yet. Right. Like that doesn't mean they haven't been working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and sometimes it is an unknown. Sometimes it's like not even an actor, but Mm -hmm. because of the the character was so specific, they wanted someone genuine to that experience. They, that's where they have to find them. They're not Mm -hmm. even in the current acting pool. Um, I'm just, (laughs) but I'm not even an actor. (laughs) So I don't even have to deal with that. Uh, Just trying to write stuff. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So let's dive into those end credits. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson reveals that Peter Parker is a Spider-Man and he's just like, oh no. So big twist to leave off of um, to going into the next one. Um, and then you have the very end of the uh, movie where you see that Nick Fury and Maria Hill are actually scrolls. Uh-huh. Remember scrolls from yes, Captain Marvel? Yes, yes, yes. And so they've been uh, so, you know, that's that's kind of like a mind mm-hmm. shake your mind because it's like how long they've been like that has how long has Fury actually been up in space because they cut to space and so see Fury up there and opens up another kind of like big ball of questions of like what 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 is happening who's actually in charge of shield mm-hmm. um what is what is what is the mission like now again post end game who's in charge what's the mission who's who's what's fury actually focusing on um if he's if he's letting the scrolls impersonate him on earth yeah. and like having them handle peter parker <laughs> what was that Sounds like he's focused on being on vacation, just yeah. like Peter was trying to be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fury actually got his vacation. Yeah. The one that Parker did I just love seeing it. him walk around barefoot. That was great. Like <laughs> Nick Fury slash Samuel L. Jackson walking around being like, where are my shoes? I was like, <laughs> solid. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know yeah. he's really on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So, you know, that was Spider-Man. Wait, this was the first movie where Stan doesn't make his cameo, right? Who? Stanley. Right. This is the first one without Stanley cameo. Yeah. Because do they do? um, I noticed the placard at the end. Is that what they do just for this movie? Because this is the first movie they don't have him in. Or do they do that for subsequent movies? Um, Probably this movie. Mm. The thing is, is I don't remember. I probably this movie because here's the thing. This is the last movie that got released um, in the end for the MCU for until there this year, our current year, 2021, Mm -hmm. because they did not release anything in 2020. So uh, I don't think there was the next movie would be Black Widow. And I don't think they had that um, in that movie. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we have finished off phase three, 22 with movies, Spider-Man far from home, uh, 23, 23. Yes. Yes. Michael, so, isn't that Michael Jordan's basketball number. Yeah. That is Michael Jordan's mm-hmm. basketball number. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Looking that brings us to the end of the Marvel portion of the podcast. So let's go ahead and transition into our stretch and share. Um, I believe it's my turn to do a stretch. If we were just want to do some next stuff, because that's where I've been feeling uh, tight this week. Um, so do you want to start yes. your share? I started watching, rewatching Airbender. Okay, Last Avatar, that, is that, Last that's animated, right? Uh-huh. Um, 
Ooh, one, I forgot how fun it was. It was great. Um, you know, they're like releasing the casting for, you know, Daniel J. Kim got cast in it. In the live action version. Yeah. And I really hope they don't lose the comedy in it. Like, I, you know, it's so easy to make it like serious and superhero but like in the cartoon series there's so much like comedy in it okay um there's great action and there's like big themes and stakes and like for the a show of its time it's very like diverse in its casting um and like very forward like uh katara calls out her brother Sokka for being you know like she's like, you know, that's sexist. So it's really cool to just revisit that and see those things being called out. Um, uh, you know, every, there's like a bunch of like interesting female characters, uh, who are badass, which is really great. So I hope they don't lose the comedy because there's so much like good comedy and like, you know, Aang is so fun and full of life. Also like a mess, like you're, he's like running around, like (laughs) trying to go to the North pole and like died laughing. Uh, cause he's like trying to show off for Katara (laughs) and it's like bro you have like a huge mission ahead of you and you just want to make these pit stops to like do all this fun stuff right like but as a 12 year old boy would right like Uh I don't know it was a great blast from the past so I'm not very familiar with the airbender universe I just remember there was like the Shyamalan movie that everyone hated a few like yeah I don't think I even watched that yeah um not because like not because I was like ill gross it just I just don't think I caught it um but it basically it's kind of like uh superhero kind of like superhero but they all have element powers right yeah they're not I guess not superheroes because they're not like superheroes, but I guess that's a good way to put it. They're like people it's like set in like, you know, indigenous times ish. Right. Um, like a, not like a, not a fairy tale, like a genre E fantastical land where there's four elements, earth, wind, no earth, wind, earth, air, fire, water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like one, there's a, there's a, there's an avatar that comes and like keeps the balance. And then the fire nation goes nuts and like takes over the world. And Aang, who is the last airbender, this is part of the setup. This is not any spoilers. He like, uh, goes into hiding for a hundred years and then like wakes up one day. Um, uh, and he's like him. the chosen one. He's the chosen one. He's 12. And then like, everyone has forgotten about him because it's a hundred years. And then like him and his two, they're siblings. Um, they're from the water tribe. And one is a waterbender who like is just learning and they go on an adventure. And the series setup is they need to get him to uh, the North Pole because there's like waterbenders in the North Pole and he needs to learn and master all the elements to bring balance back. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. It's great. Made me watch it and made me realize, oh, I just this is what I want my life to be. And he has this huge <laughs> water buffalo, bi- not a water, air bison that he like water buffalo air buffalo he rides it's very like hiao uh, miyazaki uh-huh. um, i was like oh this is what i want this is why i collect animals it's just <laughs> i just you want, want something me. to ride i just want me and like me to have like animal friends and i'm like i'm going on adventures um <laughs> yeah yeah oh cool all yeah. right what about Maybe you? i might check some of that out. um so i watched this thing called uh, it was a special on ABC, I believe, live in front of a studio audience, facts of life in different strokes. So what it was, was they did a re, they did a, not kind of, oh, so they did like a live action, real live action of 
two episodes of classic television, one of facts of life, one of different jokes, and they filmed it in front of a live audience, kind of like they used to back in early days of sitcom. And it was kind of like a celebration of Norman Lear who created both shows. And it was super interesting because you were basically seeing like, uh, a play on television, oh, cool. which, you know, sitcoms kind of used to be like, um, though in the more modern times, you know, they actually had cuts and, you know, different locations. Whereas like, since this, these were from like, I think the 1960s, like they were, they were like all in one space. And so all the actors had to kind of like stay in it the whole time. So it was interesting to watch because it was a, it was basically a play on television. And they had really big names um, filling, you know, playing the part. So they had like Jennifer Aniston, Katherine Hahn, uh, uh, Allison Tolman, uh, Gabrielle Union, um, and I'm Dow. With Jennifer Aniston, by the way. Ugh. Do you watch Morning Show? I started. Um, I started watching that with Ted Lasso, and then I just uh-huh. like binged. Ted Lasso over Friendsgiving. Cool, cool. Um, morning show. She's gotten like better, and you still see her Rachelisms, which I mm. love. I don't know. She's so good. <laughs> well, it was interesting. I tried to watch. I've tried to watch Morning Show. It just gets so intense for me. I'm just like, oh, this is making mm. me anxious. But what was interesting watching them in the in this special was like, wow, you're really having to see them kind of like stay in it. You know, like be just acting the whole time and interact with each other and live in these really kind of inhabit the parts because they can't stop. (laughs) They can't just cut the scene. Cause so like, even when they're done with their dialogue, you know, they retreat to the back and they're having to kind of like do business and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, this is, it made me miss the theater. It made me miss seeing like a play and seeing like something on stage because, you know, you can still see everything, even though stuff isn't in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's cool. And yeah. And then the, the different strokes, they had Kevin Hart and Damon Wayans and John Lithgow and, and Dowd again, playing those parts. And I, you know, I didn't really watch those shows when they were first out. So it was, it was just, you know, as a person who like wants to write for television and has studied a lot of te- television writing, it was an interesting study to be like, Oh, this is how they used to do it. And, and this is, to see kind of hear how the jokes played um, and see the situations and the, the twists and the conflict, because, you know, it was very simple back then. It was just like, Oh, a secret is revealed. And then oh, they yeah. fight. You know? I was watching. I'm also like watching a rerun, not reruns like Seinfeld. I guess there's no such mm. thing as reruns anymore. Cause everything's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, just, uh, watching, it's just not new yet. You not know, not new. premiered. Yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, old stuff. Uh, watching <laughs> Seinfeld. I was like, man, this is, like, I feel like si- watching Seinfeld, I was like, this is such a great study. Similarly to what you were saying, Kay, was like a study on like one, how to sitcom act. Because mm-hmm. like you really, I something, I don't know. And the writing is really clean and sharp and you really can like pick out the joke setups in it, you know? And like, it's just, it's a good study on like sitcoms. Just like I can yeah. hear the musicality. I can hear like oh, I don't know if I would have said it that way. And, and, but, you know, I don't know. It's great. I love that. Yeah, this, this is me yeah. just yes ending what you said really hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, for anyone interested in, you know, TV history, TV writing, just, you know, getting a, a different taste of what's kind of modern television and getting a, a, 
kind of view into what the way sitcoms used to be. Like, I think it's a, an interesting study. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that brings cool. us to the end of our stretch and share. Let's go ahead and dive into the makeup, the makeup portion. portion. Um, hey, are you wearing anything? Today? I am wearing makeup today. I basically just did a foundation and, you know, concealer on parts, a little bit of blush, and then a little bit of lip gloss, which is tinted because I use it. I was using it with another lipstick, kind of a mm-hmm. liquid, a liquid lipstick. And so whenever I would use the liquid lipstick, the, the gloss that comes with it, I would use that after I applied the lipstick. But now I just use the lip gloss because so much of the lipstick has rubbed off onto the gloss that I good. get a little bit of it, you know, and it's not as it's not as dark and dramatic as just wearing the lipstick. Mm-hmm. I think um, this is great. I think this is like my uh, by far your most successful application of foundation. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like it looks, I mean, again, I feel like we lose a lot of detail because of yeah. the camera, uh, but I, it just feels, it's always really good, but like this feels like really even clear, like, cool. you know, I could hardly yeah. tell you had foundation on. Oh, you know, nice. nice. Yeah. It's a, I'm trying, I was going for like natural kind of casual look, mm-hmm. you know, um, something that if I were to show up on a zoom, people want to be like, Oh, you're wearing makeup. Or just like, Oh, she yeah. looks, you know, but put together. Yeah. I noticed you are wearing makeup as well. You have a bit of a cat eye going there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm noticing. Stuff. I'm noticing stuff. Now. Yay. Um, a- anything else? Uh, maybe some blush or just foundation. Yeah. Foundation. Definitely. And then I have, I just have a little bit of a eyeshadow blush. You're right. And then I just filled out my eyebrows. Okay. Cool. Yeah, cool, cool. They're usually just sparse. All right. Got it. Yeah. Um, and, and then the just liquid mm-hmm. cat eye. Yeah. Liner. I lined my tight line and then did a cat eye. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, great. Well, um, I think we're also talking about how to clean brushes today. Is that yes. correct? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I love this. I clean my brushes every day, every day. No, no, sorry. Not every day after each use. It's not a deep clean. Um, I have a very specific makeup blush, makeup brush cleaner. I like to use, uh-huh. uh, not sponsored by Sephora, but I'm about to, uh, uh, promo, promo, promo them. I like this brush cleaner, um, by Sephora. It's called refresh. It's a daily clean. Um, I will, what I do, I might be using this wrong now that I think about it. Uh, it's an alcohol free brush cleaner. Oh no. Okay. They say dry towel or, or cloth. I should probably switch to a dry cloud towel or cloth. I spray it on a, a paper towel after I use a, here I'll demo. Uh, I'll do one spritz, right? Get the brush I've used and just rub it off. I mean, you can use a towel for this, right? And then this is from just my makeup session today, right? Okay. Um, I do this because, and, and what happened was when I ran out of this, uh, I try to use like other like substitute brands and I didn't like it. Um, something about this product for me, it just really works and gets the gunk off really quick and fast. Um, I tried the elf one. They have like, it's like a, like a little like clay thing that you do. And I'm like, it it gets too messy. It creates more of a buildup. And I noticed that one time I ran out of makeup brush cleaner and then like was using the gunky cleaner. I started to break out because there was like dirt built up. Um, 
this is a very old. So then if I want to do a deep clean of my brushes, this is a very old Sephora brand. Um, they probably, it probably doesn't look like this anymore. It probably looks like this. This is the refresh bottles. This is the new one. Um, it's the makeup brush shampoo. Okay. Is um, that a similar thing where you spray it on? What I do, it's more like a gel. Um, here, I'll put some on cause I have the paper towel. It's like a gel. Uh-huh. Um, and what you do is I'll soak, I'm going to just wipe it off. Uh, but I'll soak, uh, I'll wet my brush, squirt some gel on and just swirl the brush, um, in, in my palms. Um, and all this, the soapiness will pull the, like the deep colors and like debris okay. and build up out. And then I will like squeeze them dry and then I'll lay them out. Um, like if this is the, the ledge of a, of a sink, I'll just lay them out like this okay. or like on a paper towel. Or so a paper you would plate. never, you would never like soak the brush in water. No, I think. I wouldn't mostly because um in college or rinse it in a, water. You can no no you are rinsing it in water. So after you do this, uh-huh. right? There's like, you know, makeup gunkies, not gunk, but like, you know, the gel, you can see the color start pull be I can't speak today. The col- the the color in the brush gets pulled into the uh, the gunk. You the the gel, you would rinse your hand off and then you would run water okay underneath it. But I wouldn't soak it. I think a college, I was taking a painting class in college and they said not to soak your brushes. Cause it like, it like, uh, eats away at the glue or whatever, holding the brush. So yes, uh, you would rinse, but like, don't, I wouldn't sit the brush in water. Okay. Okay. So you yeah. would just brush it, brush it in the clean cleaning liquid cleaning stuff, the cleaning solution and then yeah. rinse. Yeah. Um, uh, how about, is that the same with like, I, uh, brushes like the ones you use for eyeshadow yeah I do okay. um this is this is what I use for daily so like um after every application you know and there's some like you know if I'm traveling and it's like oh you know um but I've noticed it makes a difference just because that one time I didn't clean my brush and then I had like gunky cleaning brush like it just broke out immediately mm-hmm. um this is great um here i can even point out what i used on this paper towel um eyeshadow this is my eyebrow foundation concealer eyeshadow and blush okay yeah. the 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 eyebrow one is that was that the the spoolie brush uh you can also do the spoolie um it's the angled it's like a stiffer i don't think i have you you might have one it's a stiffer angled brush that you use to oh, fill okay. in your eyeliner your eye, eyebrow okay cool cool yeah. cool and the and worst so comes every to worst, application huh yeah just to keep them clean i found out like most women don't keep their brushes clean um i, I, do, I do not i yeah I and so it's a clean. lot of like bacteria build up in there too. Um, and sometimes not so much anymore, but there was a time where I feel like I was really sensitive to like styes in my eye. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, okay, let me keep it clean. Cause you know. Okay. So for, for styes. someone like me who has yet to wash my brushes, would you recommend that I do kind of a deeper, like with a gel type clean on all of them first? And then after probably each application, yeah. do the, do the refresh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so since you do refresh on a regular basis with your other brushes, how often do you use the, sh- the, the deeper gel? When I'm good, I'm like once a month, 
Okay. And I think that also depends, right? Like I feel like, you know, if you're on set, makeup artists are like constantly cleaning their brushes and I think they're using alcohol too. I mean, cause they have mm-hmm. to, cause they're, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know the reason why I'm speculating, but I'm guessing they have to, cause they, those multiple brushes are people. being on yeah, multiple people. And I know they, I spoke with a makeup artist and she was like, I'm going to have to go home and clean these brushes. Right. So those are like professional tools they're using like every day. So it's a, it's a little different. I don't use, I don't wear make makeup every day. Um, I'm probably due for a deep brush cleaning. I'd say like once a month. Okay. Okay. Every other, if you're not a heavy user, but I feel like I'm offset with the daily cleaner just to get like the initial gunk out. Okay. And so how long does it usually take for the brushes to dry? I think because this is essential, this right here, um, I just swirl them around, get the color off and I just put them away. Like okay. it's not a big well, deal. I guess after a deeper clean where you might end up. I just leave them. them out for a day and just okay. like, just go about my day and ignore it. Um, I feel like definitely like the fluffier, denser brushes will probably need a longer dry. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just leave them out and just don't pay attention. Okay. Like a day or two tops. All right. All right. Are there, are there other types of things you use for your, in makeup, like other than brushes that you tend to need to sterilize on a regular basis? Like I have a, um, a little puff pad I use to, um, the, 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 the setting powder I use comes in a puff pad and not a brush, um, uh, cause it's a press compact. Um, so I'll again, squirt that the, you know, sprit, the spritz of, and, and just like run the puff pad over it. Um, anything else sponges, you know, if I'm being super Asian, I'm like, I should reuse these sponges <laughs> sponges. I'd probably, because they soak stuff up. I probably would. That's not true. I have a beauty blender. I'd probably with the beauty blender. I'll like, what would I do? With the dry sponge, I would probably like wait for a deep clean to probably reuse. Also, there's different sides of a sponge you can use for, you know, the triangular ones. Yeah, yeah. There's different sides you can use. If you're trying to reuse it, I'd probably do a deep clean to reuse it just because I feel like there's a lot of buildup. I'm guessing most makeup people would be like, just throw it away and get a new one, right? Yeah. But like the Asian in me is like, should I reuse these? Um, For the beauty blender, I think it's different because generally people are using that wet. So I would wet it, use it. And I think I would probably spritz, if I'm lazy, I would spritz it and just like roll it around in uh, the spritzer. Those kind of like squishy ball type uh-huh, ones. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then probably just run it underwater mm, just to get okay. it out because it's already wet. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I remember I looked up on the internet once to clean the, the brush that I use for my foundation, because I realized I had actually never washed it and I was mm-hmm. using it a lot more because we were doing this podcast. And so I ended up just using like dish soap <laughs> and like swishing it around in a dish soap and water and and rinsing that. And um, I'm not sure how I mean, it, it did look cleaner. So that I feel like that. everyone's go to is like used on. Right. Because like, yeah, they use them on ducks. So I'm like, if you can use it on a duck, you can use it on a brush. I'm OK, guessing. that's good to know. You yeah. Know? And that's yeah. what I did use. I used on. Yeah. I was like, hey, it works for my dishes and I eat off. What those. happened with like my dog? Something happened with my dog. And they were like, just use make sure you use Dawn. I was like, is this like 
product branding or is this like actually like their formula is actually like good, you know? I mean, it's in, but I mean, there's, it's in their commercials of where they're like washing ducks and stuff with it. So it's like, eh, I mean, I guess if they, unless they CGI'd that duck in there, you know, they're able to, uh, yeah. you know, it came out alive. Yeah. Um, do you have any interest in like the, um, a, a makeup cleaner that you're interested in? Do you want to keep uh, Dawn dish soap cleaner. Do you want to try and explore cleaners? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll explore cleaners. Um, I think getting something specifically for makeup is always helpful because it's just like it's made for this. Um, and this, I, um, they have this comes in a big bottle like this and a travel size bottle. When I first got it, um, I got this travel size bottle just to like test it to see if I wanted to use it. Mm -hmm. Similarly, when I got the gel, they were trying to get me to buy this one. And I was like, realistically, I'm not. I was like, be honest with yourself. Are you going to clean your bottle? Like you're not. So I got the travel and it's lasted me long. Now I just get the big brush and um, pour it into a tinier bottle just because like I don't want to carry this big brush or a big bottle around. Right. Um, And so now I just like dispense it in. But you can there's travel sizes so you can you don't you don't have to feel like you're committed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that that's also and you can return things. I don't know if you know this, Kay. I didn't know until much later. Like you can return makeup products. I didn't know. Like I thought if you bought a color or something, you had it for life and you can yeah. go back and say it's not my color or if you have a reaction to it. Okay. Yeah, that, that's good to know. I think I think I would have to get like the deeper clean. I, I think all my brushes are I would definitely have to deep clean them first yeah. because you know I just was starting out and so even with like so like the eyeshadow ones, <laughs> they've have multiple colors on them. Yeah. So this I've will been, help. Yeah. So I've been like because I was just like, uh that I didn't use this side, so I'll use this side when I was trying to, you know, uh mess it up. And the thing is it's just like, well, if I was using if I if I was using them all for like the same uh, look that day, I'd be like, well, they're close enough and I'm going to be buffering them anyway. So mm, good enough. Um, but yeah, it, it would be good if I actually give them all deep clean so I can like start fresh again. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're going to see a difference, especially now that you're more practiced, like, mm. oh, like the product is coming, but like it's let it's applying smoother and or better depending on how much buildup is in your brushes. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I guess, um, and especially with the ones that I used to buffer, I'm guessing that would probably yeah. help. Yeah. It's kind of creating... Especially the ones that you've had like multiple colors yeah. run through. Cause I'm guessing now the colors might come out a little muddier now because it has old colors on it. So when you apply new colors, there's like old colors yeah with the new colors yeah the application so on the f for the application i kind of just put a lot on and then i just kind of like put it a little like just like a couple taps so That's i know funny. so i know it's just like the the top yeah. layers of what i put on it and then i'll turn it around oh and put like a blot and then just put it a like tap it a couple times yeah. and then i use the buffering which has a lot of the different colors i've yeah, used so I that's love, probably like all the ways you're trying to deal with not because I just I didn't brush. have I didn't yeah. have the tools I didn't have the yeah. knowledge. I think you'll really like this, doing that. This this, this dries really easily easily and it really takes off all the other color. I remember when I got the, and this is no like maybe it's it works for other people. It just didn't work for me because I got the Elf like I don't know it was like a bar, and I was like sitting there and all the colors coming and I was like this is making a mess and this is like mm. this is turning into more work and I just need a clean brush like quickly yeah. you know, I'm using it for me like it's not for anyone else um I can't sit here and just swirl it in this like 
bar of soap and just like, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and I feel like it's every single time it's kind of makes it a whole deal versus Yeah, like, and this you can just do it at your desk, right? Like the the other cleaners, I was like, Oh, I need to be a by by a sink, like mm. water's draining, and I'm like, I need something quicker than this. Yeah, so yeah. That's what oh, I and that's always helpful to know what's like the quick and easy way to do it because then yeah. it makes it easier to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Um, do you do you have any thematic yes. connection? Um to the makeup and the movie. Okay. So I have, hold on. I have like two drafts of this, uh, but I'll, this is a better one. Spider-Man shows us illusion is like dirt. It gets in the way. And that's ah. why we clean our brushes. Ah, very, very nice. Uh, Do you my, have yours? my connection was uh, this a uh, movie is kind of cleansing our palate and renewing the Mar MCU post Endgame, post mm -hmm. Tony, um, post Infinity Saga, and so like cleaning your brushes, you're renewing and cleansing your brushes so you can build a new palette, uh, and very nice. expanded expanded palette and expanded uh, looks on your faces I love as it. we shall expand the MCU. Um, so yeah. And so that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to reach out and find us uh, or find out more about Marvel Makeup, you can follow us on all social media at Marvel Makeup, or you can email us at marvelmakeuppod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. And please give us five stars so that our Asian moms know why we now track time and faces. Yep, because that's the way things are chunked up in the MCU. Um, mm -hmm. That's how we shall tell time from now on. So thanks everyone. Catch you next time on Marvel and Makeup. Marvel Makeup is hosted and produced by Quincy Cho and Kay Kanapu. Quincy is an actor-writer based in Los Angeles, California. Kay is a writer-performer for Filipino AF and an alum of the CBS Diversity Sketch Showcase. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Quincy Dinosaur and at Kay Kanapu. The music for Marvel Makeup was composed by Clarence Yap and our artwork was designed by Patty Lynn. You can find them on Instagram at Clarence underscore Yap and at PattyLynn.jpg. See our show notes for even more info. Marvel Makeup is also a member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a network of Asian American hosted podcasts. Please check out our fellow Potluck pods by going to the website, podcastpotluck.com. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. And we're the hosts of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Each month, we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a variety of genres, including contemporary and historical fiction, sci-fi and fantasy, romance and cozy mysteries, and so much more. Our past book club picks have included Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Ribeye, Grace of Kings by Ken Liu, and The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Every month, we also go through the latest news in Asian American literature, as well as chat with some awesome Asian authors about their works. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com, and you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Bye. Cool, cool.
Oh man, that was so fun.